Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Men in Black. In the year 1997, you did not see a science fiction film starring Will Smith. It was in fact just some light reflecting off some swamp gas from Venus. You did not see a film with... It never happened. Not see... Sorry, that's how I heard it. It was weird. No. No, I didn't, I didn't see any films ever, man. I've never seen a film. What am I doing here? Uh, I don't know. Chatting shit. Talking <laughs> shit. Yes, it is Matt. This is Luke. This is a sci-fi sanctuary where we do, in fact, watch films in one sitting sometimes because this one's not that long. Yeah, that's, that's, that might not sound like much, but that's an achievement for Matt, ladies and gentlemen. Achievement achieved. But, uh, yes, it is Men in Black... Which is uh, phase two of Will Smith's takeover of the 4th of July, which we all supported. Yeah, this is, you know, right coming up on the turn of the Willennium. <laughs> um, I mean, that was, that was peak cool at the time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this was the coolest shit when it came out. <laughs> you know, I can't quite remember seeing it the first time. Same. I think I would have been slightly too young to see it in theaters. I was perfectly the right age, but I was. I saw it opening night too. I just can't okay. remember much of the I circumstances. Definitely saw two in the theaters, and I remember Men in Black because it was a big thing, right? There was this, and there was immediately like the animated series and toys and stuff. But I guess I would have seen it when it came out in VHS. She had a weird alternate trajectory where I'm um, being a little older. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld had done the Adams Family and Adams Family Values, which mm. I really liked. So it was. Oh, I liked him. You know, Will Smith had just been Independence Day, so we all liked that. I honestly, to this day, have not really seen much of The Fresh Prince, so that, that was not in my mind. Ah, uh, see, um, um, in the UK, The Simpsons was on BBC Two, uh, I think at 6pm, but immediately before The Simpsons was Fresh Prince. Mm. And so you just watch Fresh Prince because you're waiting for Simpsons. So yep. I've seen a lot of Fresh Prince, and it's a good show, but it's just like, you know... It is what it is. Yeah, I'm not ragging on I'm just saying I hadn't seen it much, so it was mm. not the thing I was thinking of, uh, you know, for Will Smith, I, I guess. But yeah, around this time was like, you know, the Will Smith film was the big film of the year. He did the theme tune as well, so that was a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, you couldn't escape Men in Black. <laughs> it was everywhere. And was this... Oh, no, I guess we need to talk about that more next year when we get to the next one, Wild Wild West, when right. I worked in the Warner Brothers studio store. Okay. And was literally, like, forced drowned into that uh, pool. I remember Men in Black being big. I don't know if I actually had any of the toys. I was 20, almost 20. I know you 20, were too so, old, yeah. but, like, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I guess Men in Black was my generation, what Ghostbusters was for yours. It is pretty Ghostbuster, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it launched, like, the cartoon and everything, and you kind of forget what was what. 
the weird thing, and I, I kind of remembered this, because um, I remember leaving at opening night saying, what, we're finished? That was it? And just what a short movie it is. Um, it, it is 90 minutes, which is, you know, normal length, shortish, but then it feels like half that length. It literally feels like you're watching a 45-minute movie when you put this on. Yeah, this is a very fast-paced, like, there's not, not a dull moment, it's just fun. Yeah. So it, I, I didn't feel short-changed or anything, um, although, I guess because now I've seen, like, three of these... I, in my head, I imagine way more of just J and K going around as partners, blasting things with their big lasers. Which actually, you don't get that much of in this one. Well, you get the noisy cricket. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. but the two of them side by side with the big ass. Guns, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You only really get they shoot down the spaceship and that's it. <laughs> Whereas to me, that's like the iconic image of these two. Well, that is the iconic image. Then yeah. taking the ship and it coming through the uh, 1964 World's Fair globe, which still looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this, this, yeah, this film... It's a bummer they took out that globe, though. You know, it doesn't feel like it's aged. It just made me miss a time when a film could just be this. Yeah, it does. Could just be 90 minutes of fun. Doesn't overdo anything. Just charming. Um, surprisingly, like, chaste. Like, <laughs> one of the iconic lines, they're like, I make this look good. I was so sure in my head that it's, I make this shit look good. <laughs> it's not. There's no swearing in this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, now it's a 12A, right? They'd be saying ass and shit all the way through, and they'd drop an F-bomb at a strategic Yo, moment. Yo, ass shit, what the fuck you doing? I make this look fucking motherfucking good shit. No, they only, they only got one F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just... It, what if it, it's two F-bombs in the same sentence? Does it count as one? I think that still gets you a 15, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I forget how, like, what a good guy image 90s Will Smith was, right? Mm. It's not like he's become bad since then. But it's just that he's a, a more of an actor who can just do anything now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only real real um, line on these days is After Earth, which we haven't watched and we're just discussing, hey, we might like it if we watch it. So, mm-hmm. But, like, he's not... Um, oh, I'm not saying he didn't do any bad films, but, like, he seems to be a good dude, right? Mm-mm. No one's complaining about anything Will Smith does. <laughs> that was a loud cricket. Uh-huh. It's noisy cricket. Noisy. Uh, yeah, we are sitting in a relatively bug-infested spot, but not quite as bug-infested as we expected. Well, last episode we had a, a discarded cicada skin, and now we've got the actual live one making a lot of noise. So, <laughs> is that an upgrade? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Living's for the good. I mean, <laughs> we needed uh, Vincent to, to discard that skin in this movie. Yep. Smell-o-vision. Got to get back to the smell-o-vision. Um, okay, are you gonna, are you gonna rap a, about the plot then? Yep. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit on back, tell you how I became a member of the Man in Black. In New York City, born and raised, on the mean streets is where I spent most of my days, working as a detective for the NYPD, and all shooting some people around the city, when a weird-looking guy was up to no good, blinking with two eyelids and jumping off a roof. I chased down a cephalopoid and Kay got impressed and said, you're going to compete with the best of the best. 
We upset some aliens, and when the battleship came near, the message said, hand over the galaxy or Earth will disappear. If anything, I could say that it's on Orion's belt, but Zed thought, nah, forget it, that space is too svelte. I pulled up to a bug about seven feet tall, and Kay and I used big laser guns to smoke that fool. I looked at my mentor, I could finally face him. He said, I wasn't trading a partner, I was trading a replacement. Now this is an audio medium, so you might not have known it before this point, but as I'm sure you can now tell, I am in fact, a white man. <laughs> I was going to say that in different words. I actually was going to call you a honky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, you can't... Slick Rick made the, the, the English accent work well in rap, so... Yeah, At least you got that. Slick Rick was pretty hip. Oh, like there's is. there's a bunch of fantastic London rappers. It's not like Brits can't rap. Did you rap? I can't rap. No, I know you. I neither can I. But Tony Temper. Yeah. <laughs> big Shack. Mm. Americans don't necessarily know this though. I don't think Dizzy ever made it so big in the states. No, I, I mean Matty knew him, but he's a lived in London for a bit, and B is just into his hip hop. Right. I, I think like Stormzy. I think Grime made its way across a bit more eventually. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I definitely think um, like. Because rock and pop acts from the UK definitely make their way over to the States. But maybe the hip-hop less so. I did hear the Willennium album a lot. It was played in the car a lot. See, I only really remember hearing Will's, like, specific film-related ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the, the, the earlier stuff, like Get Jiggy With It. and Yeah, he had Big Willie style, which was, I mean, very popular. It did, I guess it's just because I was in university, and, and I, I'm always playing insane music, as you know. So yeah. when, when the lady friend wanted to hear something, it was usually Willinium or, or that um, Fan Box TLC album. Hmm. <laughs> Fan Box? Is that it? Uh-huh. It's TLC, anyway. Yeah. Same period of time. A little, a little bit after this movie, so, because uh, I, I was just graduating from high school and still going full geek when this came out, so. Okay. Um, I don't know, do, do we all, we've already talked a fair amount of Will here, do we keep on going with him a bit, or do you want to take a stop with uh, someone else like uh, or your Tommy or your Vincent or... Well, yeah, I'm here, I'm here drinking my boss coffee in, uh, in honor of the great man Tommy Lee Jones. Well, if you don't know, he's the face of a canned coffee brand in Japan. You see him everywhere. That's why he wasn't in Men in Black 3 so much. He was too busy doing coffee commercials. Probably. He's probably rolling in that coffee cash and doesn't need to worry about it for the rest of his life. But. Probably. He's on half the vending machines in Japan. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he looks like a boss? I guess. Well, he's just got that like very stern, wrinkly face, right? <laughs> because you kind of think of it as being like, He's the straight man and Will Smith's the... Gay man? Like, the fast-talking comedy one, right? <laughs> but, like, it's not like Kay is this by-the-book stuck-up dweeb in these films. Like, Kay is also pretty rebellious and has a sense of humor and is, like... He's like, the getting... point is that to be in The Men in Black, you have to be someone who thinks outside the box. Yeah. You can't just be a pencil... The, the whole point of the recruitment scene, right, where... 
all the guys who just stick to their government training don't make the cut. <laughs> but I think it's just it's just because of Tommy Lee Jones's face. You just had this image of him as being like this stuck up hard bastard. But that's Looks not like actually a boss. the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I do think with the the scene where they're uh, trying to, you know, they have the brittle paper and the rounded chairs. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I've been in Japan too long, but I would have gone and just sat at the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that would have said. Was the noise important? It's just the fact that he did something different. But yeah, I would have gone and sat on the floor. Yeah, I'm just wondering if like that would have been a worse option. I feel like I have a better option than he took. Yeah. Is that the American option? Well, you don't sit on the floor. Yeah, you drag the table, no matter how much noise your it grand, makes. Your grandfather didn't fight on the beaches of Normandy to sit on the floor. <laughs> he fought to sit on a good American chair. <laughs> Made in China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good American cheer made in China. But, yeah, um, he actually gets top billing in this, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Tommy, Tommy Jones is a fairly long-standing actor, but I can't really think of anything he did before this because of the generation I grew up in, right? Well, he had The Fugitive. Now? Fugitive, of course. Yeah, that and was then before this. U.S. Marshals as well. well. The sequel, but, yeah. yeah. Um, um, th those are big no, but hits. He's more the star of the sequel, right? I, yeah, yeah. The Fugitive, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford's the star. Right. Anyway, the point is he is a star, but especially a year after Independence Day, it seems a little weird he's on the top billing. Well, maybe mm. because he's a little old school in the film, but but we're talking actors. We're not talking story anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that by the second one, they're at least equal billing, right? Well, I think this one is supposed to be, like, equal. I don't know. They show his name first. So I guess it's top billing. Yeah, because the poster's always them side by side and stuff, right? It's not yeah. like... Either of them is prominent. And it even puts, like, Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith, right? Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily even put their names on it. <laughs> so, uh... uh, uh otherwise, we got uh, Vincent D'Onofrio doing a totally bizarre role. I mean, he's... Between this and Daredevil, he's clearly just one of the greatest villain actors. Yeah. Going. <laughs> like, such different roles. Because here he's just hamming it up as this fucking weirdo alien in a skin suit. We're just falling apart the whole time. Yeah. He's a straight-up bug. But it's like... His acting is so bizarre that it feels like a special effect. Yes. <laughs> like, you feel like he's an animatronic. He's not a man. <laughs> he just moves in such incredible, inhuman ways all the time. And you just get that, well, you get like five seconds of him like acting as a person. Right at the start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of it off screen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope he is happy with this. And uh, yes, yeah, sm Smell-O-Vision, uh, that, that must have been pretty ripe a few days in. It's like um, the first Terminator. <laughs> where they point out that he's just got like rotting flesh on him that's what this guy is right because it's just a bug in a dead man's skin <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I try not to kill bugs yeah um, my mother Sam was laughing at me at work the other day because I was going to such great efforts to take a spider outside without hurting it <laughs> <laughs> no I've had students like look at me like why didn't you smash the bug oh, I smash mosquitoes bug. yeah they can't be left around because they do actually cause welts on your skin yeah yeah and, spread like deadly diseases at times so <laughs> but everything else I try and get rid of it without mm. killing it right um was it uh and then oh I forgot her last name Linda Linda you wanna I don't know Goriandi it's it's something I can't quite wrangle up uh she's here I you know that's kind of a thing where I, I'm trying to look up her filmography because she's she is fine here um mm. she's just here but well she feels like a bigger role to me because the animated series, it's Jay and her. Oh, they just leave. Well, because Tommy Jones retires at the Yeah, yeah, film, okay, right? I got where you're going, yeah. Uh, 
Fiorentino. I've never quite okay. known how to say it. But, Linda um, Fiorentino. Because she is good, and I... Oh, yeah, yeah born... Okay. Like, she kind of aged out too quickly, I guess. Well, she's yeah, a dog, dog. Oh, she's an After Hours. I told you to watch After Hours. Okay. Um, <laughs> she has some good filmography, but, yeah, it's definitely someone who seems to have uh, not had a whole lot recently, unfortunately. She does the very 90s thing here, where they try and subvert her just being a damsel in distress... But ultimately, they wanted a damsel in distress, so it kind of happens exactly. anyway. Exactly. That's what. I, if you look at my notes, that's exactly what I wrote. They're like, oh, they're they're about to get into like a five minute feminist conversation, and yeah, oh wait, no, no, she's just she's just damsel in yep. distress. Yeah. Oh, now I thought I was gonna like feel like an asshole by looking at her filmography, but now I'm like, ooh, yeah, she aged out. Okay, that's sad. <laughs> uh, after Men in Black, there's Dogma. There's a couple like. Literally, like, four other films, and after 2009, nothing. I mean, but... Maybe she just, like, oh, I've made enough money, I don't have to do this. Yeah, but she has, like, she has like two to seven-year gaps in there, too. Right. So okay. that, that, that's kind of a bummer, because, yeah, she has like one this movie, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, Queen of the Dead and the Moor. I thought she did a good job of that, so, you know, definitely... Yeah, it's, it's a memorable character, because she's, like, this really bizarre mix of, like, she kind she's, like... They're kind of are flirting and stuff, but also she's got her hands in a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> That's my whole it's point. Like, thing. I actually did kind of, I haven't seen this movie for probably 10 years, and yeah. I kind of forgot she was there. So okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, she's actually pretty good here. Yeah. Good for her. Um, David Cross gets five seconds, as we mentioned. But a very And, and Tony Shalhoub doing, uh, yeah. doing worse than a Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, difficult to recognize because he's so thin here. Somewhere between this and Galaxy Quest, he put on some weight. Oh, yeah, okay. To me, he was perfectly recognizable, but... Yeah. Well, he's, also, yeah, he's doing a shtick, right? So he's very character-actory mm. here. But. And, uh, maybe, and, of course, we have Rip Torn. This is not his best role. I can, I can tell you what that is if you'd like. Go on. That's Freddy Got Fingered. Okay. You've the, always... Oh, yeah, now that I think about it, you always bring this up when we mention Yeah, Tour. yeah. <laughs> Just him, like, um, curb-stomping a keyboard. He doesn't curb-stomp a keyboard in this movie, which no. means... He's, his... he's there to be the straight man of this film, right? So he is very much just phoning in a I'm your boss, giving you orders role. Okay. So he takes that... He takes the same energy and turns that into, like, violent insanity in, mm. in Freddy Got Fingered, so... Like, he's fine in this. No. But he's just not... He's not blowing you away, really. Young man, you ever buy yourself a copy of the White Album? 
I'm not that into the Beatles, to be honest. Also, you gave me it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you do have your wall of Taylor Swift, so yeah. you can you can appreciate his his need to. Yeah, I've also I have bought some of those more than once. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you you can appreciate the weird. Uh, that's the first design thing I think. I guess you think of the guns. I think of the fact that you got to buy the white album again. Yeah. <laughs> the um, this is a film that effects wise hasn't aged as badly as I was expecting it to have. Nothing here, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll piss all over CGI I don't like, mm. and nothing in here really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, well, they use a lot of animatronics and practical effects, and then when they do use CG, they go for a very cartoony, fun look. Right. right? It's not necessarily meant to look real. Yeah, the effects in this are Rick Baker, who is one of these straight-up, like, you know, gods of makeup in uh, right, well, yeah, 80s, 90s Hollywood. So, um, yeah, yeah, and everything that's in front of the camera looks amazing. Mm. And then, sure, the bug at the end kind of looks like the baddie from A Bug's Life. <laughs> but also, the whole film is, like, kind of a cartoony, silly romp, so you don't mind. Yeah, you don't care because it's so goofy and, and the acting is entertaining and the jokes are amusing. Except yeah. for that one when Will Smith has to explain the joke, which means it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's never funny when you have to explain the joke. It's not, like, I wet myself laughing funny. It's just, I'm, in, I'm having a good time, is the tone. What movies are wet yourself laughing funny for you? Uh, at a certain age, all of the Will Ferrell stuff was. <laughs> the first segment of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs absolutely kills me. <laughs> These days, not that much cinema, because I'm such a millennial that I've, like, dumb internet humour has made it so that I can't find yeah, com- boomer humour funny anymore. kind of a crawling on a, you know, doing a, a drunken crawl at the moment. It's because it? mainstream comedy can't compete with how weird the internet sense of humor has gotten. <laughs> like, no studio is going to put out the kind of shit that my generation finds funny because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So is that is that where Adult Swim got started? Is that the start yeah, of the yeah, humor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the kind of humor and, now, and right? It just, like, exploded into the... Well, that's it. The, kind, the people who are making, like, um, like, Tim and Eric and stuff, they've realized that they, there's no point in them going through the studio system. That humor can make, works better for them if they just put it out themselves. And yeah, none of the mainstream media has caught up with that yet. Um, I, I guess the main idea here is to do a bit of design, which I think it's pretty swank through and through. I, I like the 60s Pan Am vibe of the Men in Black headquarters. Yeah. The, the, well, the, all of their tech and everything has like a 60s sci-fi look, right? Shiny, chrome, lights up, guns and stuff. I, I didn't again I haven't seen this for a while so I definitely noticed this time when um when when Jay mentions the the 1968 in- incident it's like oh they actually mentioned that here that's awesome yeah <laughs> so you know that level of uh detail is is kind of cool I mean in the fact that when they were making the third movie they decided to run with that you know yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they seeded it here George Lucas would say he seated it in his, <laughs> but, uh, well <laughs> I I Neither of us has ever read a single comic book of Men in Black. Correct. Maybe that shit was all already written in a comic book at this point in time. Yeah. I don't know how much they actually take from the comics. I, I, I've been led to understand it's very little. I have heard that as well. I, I definitely, um, yeah, the, I wrote a line in here I, I need to throw out. Um, it, it was, actually, this is one of the Riptorn lines. I almost get the impression it's one of those cases of they were working on a vague concept, realized there's a comic book that's similar, 
and bought the rights so there wasn't any complications. I'm guessing that's probably correct. Man, I cannot find out, find what I'm looking for. Uh, maybe later. Okay. <laughs> Which gun do you want? Mm. As a kid, I was always very amused by the noisy cricket. See, I'm thinking now I might want the noisy cricket. Looks like I can seal it, you know. Keep it in your pocket, <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, probably just don't want to brandish one of the big-ass ones from the end of the film. Do, do super squirters, like, scratch that itch? A bit, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, I, I definitely used to play with super squirters and imagine I was a man in black. We need, like, a chrome super squirter. Do super soaker, those? dude. Super squirter sounds like something you'd search for on Pornhub. <laughs> That's a new superhero. <laughs> you let these people go. Let my people go. I ain't let your people go. Watch this. <laughs> you said superhero, then you went Moses. <laughs> I'm not going to part the seas. I'm going to make a new one. Squirt. <laughs> I'm not going to part the seas. I'm going to make some sea men. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I finally found a quote. There's always a Karelian death ray about to take out Planet Yeah, no, that's a, um, that's a Tommy Jones line. Oh, is it? Okay. But yeah, there's the bit Will Smith's like, because oh, Will Smith makes a big scene shooting his gun off and stuff. And then Tommy Jones like, all oh, these people just saw it. And he's like, well, they deserve to know. And he's like, there's always a, a battle cruiser or a Karelian death ray or something about to destroy the world. <laughs> um, the car is cool. I don't see why Will Smith was talking shit about, or Kay, I should say, was talking shit about the car. That was hip to start with. The Ford POS. <laughs> no, J is Will Smith. Oh, yeah, I'm mixing up. JK, JK. Okay. Yep. There are letters right next to each other, man. You can see where I'd like to this out the window. It's always Jaden? I don't Smith? know. Smith? I don't know. Okay. Well, no, that's, I think the that's supposed to be foreshadowing that he's directly before K because he's about to become the new K, right? Oh, oh, you're thinking about the alphabet. Okay. Boy, because like Zed is the leader, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like they call him Zed. Yeah, 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 Zed's dead, man. It's, yeah, well, it's very annoying for me when students say Zed and I have to correct them to Z. I don't correct them. I say Z because I'm American, but I don't correct them. See, I say, oh, Z. I actually point at the map. So, oh, so in America, they say Z, but here in the UK and Australia, we say Zed. But let's say Z for our tests, okay? <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> no, sometimes I'm about to correct them. And like, oh, okay, that's right. Let's move on. I, I, maybe I should. I don't know. I'm like, okay, that's not wrong, so... I'm I mean, gonna, I assume they're not going to fail a test if they pronounce it Z, but... Hey, you never know. It could it be. It could, that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Exactly. Yeah. Z, Z, J, K. What letter are you? Q. <laughs> I was trying to think if there's a letter equivalent of 69, but there isn't. There's not like a fun sex letter, is there? Let's put the X, X in sex. I'm XXX. Let's, let's put the X in sex. That's a, that was a Kiss song from okay. the period of time when they didn't wear makeup and they were terrible. Oh, I've heard of this period. Of time. <laughs> and that was their big hit from that time. <laughs> but is that I, like let's break up but still fuck? Let's put the X in sex. I don't even remember. I just <laughs> I, I think the whole thing is they just were like, hey, there's an X in sex and it's it like, rhymes and and we write songs and songs rhyme. It's like, hey, babe, I want to break up with you, but let's still fuck, okay? <laughs> the X in sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's. Maybe I mean, that's, that's a big helpful. dick move if you can pull it off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not the size that counts. It's it's the. And when people talk about a big dick, it's a, an attitude thing, right? <laughs> it's you conduct yourself like you've got a big dick. Right. That's what big dick energy is. Yeah, yeah. 
That was um oh oh uh, yeah I was talking I, I, I hell I'll name him. he's on this podcast time sometimes Scott was like uh I, he had to get off the phone so I got to go polish some rice I'm like is that a euphemism man <laughs> <laughs> like if you just want to like own the fact that you're you're not well endowed yeah you've got infantile penis syndrome you're just like I gotta polish my rice man like one of my proudest moments I posted a picture of myself at the gym. Where I was wearing Splatoon baseball cap, Splatoon t-shirt, had a Splatoon phone, Splatoon towel, and Splatoon water bottle. <laughs> and put it on the Splatoon Facebook groups. And one of the, the first comment was just like, I dream that one day I can have this much big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> but like most people I know don't have the confidence to go around dressed head to toe in stupid cartoon clothes like I do. There we go. Full on big dick energy. Okay, that, that's that's how you are. Which, which is what you have to do to be a, a man in black, I guess. Yep. I do like a suit, but, you know. Now that I have a job where I have to wear suits, I don't feel any want desire to wear suits outside of work. I wore corduroys to work for, like, three months straight. Eh, I know. <laughs> we all know. You ever seen a UFO, Matt? I've been looking for them, and no. Yeah, same, like, my whole life. Okay. I, uh, not too far from here, um, it was about two years ago, I was walking along late at night, and I did see a light in the sky, which it was just an asteroid, but it, it like, totally flamed out, and I did wonder if I was, like, about to vaporize. Because <laughs> it was just a fireball in the sky, you know? Nice. But that's not a UFO. That I knew what it was, you know? <laughs> yeah, not me either, but... I, I walk home at Right night. now, I'd say, like, God, I'd love to meet the aliens, right? When I'm alone at night, I'm suddenly like, oh, God, I can't meet the aliens right now. That's when terrifying. you meet the aliens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or you're meeting the DMT elves, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I want to meet the aliens. Have, have you had the out-of-body experience or the, the direct dream injection? I've had very little of any of this stuff. I've read a lot of it. Mm. As a kid, I would constantly read books of, like, alien encounters alien abductions, UFO sightings, all of that stuff. It was my absolute jam. Even though it would scare the shit out of me and I couldn't sleep properly. Because even this morning, I I, um, I don't remember anything in particular, so it didn't work that well. But I do recall, like, interacting with dream people or whatever and mm. kind of coming in and out. I, I was trying to, like, you know, initiate a straight-on, like, straight-in, because then right. you remember that, and uh, it, it didn't work. But uh, you keep working. It's, it doesn't work 90% of the time, right? So, mm. <laughs> But the 10% of the time it does work, it's like, whoa! So that's kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to meet the aliens late at night? That's, I, no, that's I, I, I do want to meet the aliens. It's just when I am alone at night, the idea suddenly becomes scary. Oh, okay. 
I creep myself out about it. Where do the aliens come from? I mean, here, I mean, men in black, the clearly they're from space. Spaces. Well, well, I prefer to think they just flew it from space. Really? I, yeah. I prefer the space between spaces. Because no, I want to go to space one day. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you want to find aliens there. So if, oh. if, if, if the aliens are coming here, that tells me that it's possible, right? Right. And I, I would like to think that one day we are going to explore the stars. But if they're coming from the space between spaces, that means there's space between spaces that you could also explore. Yeah, I know, but I want to explore space. Okay. <laughs> not, not the space between I spaces. I want to explore that too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more into the space. Do you want a stargate? Is that how I do it? Would you rather go travel through space or have a stargate? I think I'd rather go for a spaceship, but stargates are cool too. Yeah. The, the whack thing, though, is um, if it was spaceship style... You've got to take that interstellar time shit into account, right? Right. I would never... If I left on a spaceship to go explore, like, the stars, I'm never seeing anyone on Earth ever again. Right. Because, best case scenario, i come back, it's been, like, 100 years. If it's quantum-based, the space between space, we can go to Deneb and come back in five minutes. We, exactly, we can do it yeah, right maybe. now and still finish this podcast. Exactly, yeah. Maybe the Stargate system would let us do it that way, right? But, yeah. We used to do remote viewing. See, okay, obviously there's a the whole men in black thing that... You know, the, not the movie, but the the idea, yeah, yeah. right? I was going to move into that in a bit, but you no, know, I know. But I mean, I, I was prefacing that with you know, there's so many things this film could have also considered with you know, remote viewing or things like that. Uh, they stick basically, well, they stick to 50s, 60s sci-fi tropes, which is yeah. an aesthetic in school. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, in the third one, they do the time travel, all that, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm into. I obviously I'm intrigued. And a little spooked out by all the alien stuff. In the cold light of day, I don't know if I believe it. But to quote the X-Files, I want to believe. At this point, I think it's relatively safe to assume, unless you're like, there is no spaceman, um, that there would be alien life somewhere. It's, yeah, I mean, I, at I, this point, you You'd be a freak for saying that you don't believe there is any other life in the universe, The right? question now is, can you traverse long distances? Yeah, you know? right. So, where this movie does it mechanically. So, I'm, I am wondering if mechanically is the way to go about it. You know, we reference contact where, um, oh, she was sent off to the other side of the galaxy. Well, maybe she wasn't, you know? Right. I mean, that could, I mean, that could have all been like astral realms that she was seeing and things like that. I, I go with the idea, same summer, by the way, that Men in Black came out, that she really didn't go anywhere, hmm. as they said. Right. Yeah, I mean, I just, I prefer the Star Trek idea of we get in the spaceship and fly around, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, I, obviously, both of us would like to, to be peeling potatoes on the lower decks of the Enterprise, but... I want to be on command, man. You you didn't go to Starfleet Academy, you got to peel potatoes. I go to Starfleet Academy now. Yeah, but you want to go to space now. Will you peel potatoes? Yeah, Starfleet Academy in space. We're going to we're going to Mars. You're going to be the... Oh, yeah, I would, oh, yeah, I would go to Mars even if it was... As, junior, as yeah. the official potato peeler. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty, actually, I'm pretty terrible at peeling potatoes. I take off huge fucking chunks. We have a long time to perfect this. So. Yep. Actually, in, in the Martian, that, that, he is growing potatoes in that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Okay. <laughs> in his own shit. Right. <laughs> Poopy potatoes. But yeah, so the men in black are the shady guys who would show up around people who'd had sightings and encounters and stuff. And they're not charming. No, they're very creepy, unsettling. Some versions, it's like they're probably some sort of government agency. Other, te like, when you read experiences, it's like, oh, I don't think these guys were human. Yeah, this movie holds the name in a black, but I feel like the pop culture version that was so much better would be uh, Fringe. 
Maybe, yeah. Did you well, see that show? The X-Files, right? Yeah, yeah I, I, I've i seen all of Fringe. I haven't seen all of the X-Files. So, I've, but, I've seen any of Fringe. I'm okay, they, they start having these weird guys that seem kind of unstuck from time or something that okay. are around there. They're very men in blackish, so... Well, um, no, the pop culture, man, it's the agents from The Matrix. Oh, uh, but... Th- see, they lack a certain... They, they aren't cold enough. Okay. Because they have that weird, like, I'm stuck, I'm AI stuck in a simulation piss offedness, you know, right. especially Hugo Weaving as, as okay, okay, that's okay. the main pusher. Whereas the fringe ones are very dispassionate, right? Mm. Just like cold and, you know. So, although I did just kind of slip into an Agent Smith voice doing it, so point taken. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's not, you know, the, the, the men in black phenomenon is, is, not fun at all. You don't want to encounter these guys where if, you know, Tommy and Will show up your door as they do with the uh, the redneck lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that that seems okay, but the, the, the actual men in black show. Well, I get the impression that Zed wants them all to be like that. It's just K and J who are fucking <laughs> going around being charming mavericks. Yeah, but part of the, the, the other thing with the, the phenomenon is that they are... They aren't quite human, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their skin tone or whatever doesn't seem quite right. They seem rubbery, things like that. You know, they don't respond to normal emotional cues. Mm. Which I can't imagine the other agents are doing, but... But, I mean, even... So if you are... We're talking about the Man in Black assuming that that some version of them did exist. Or do exist. Yeah, so either it's... Even if it's... They are human. They're humans who are clearly involved in some very weird shit. Mm-hmm whether that is covering up aliens, whether it's just covering up military experiments, whether it's just trying to stop people talking about this stuff because it's not good for, you know, whatever the government wanted you to be thinking at that point in time. Yeah, because in the past two years, I mean, now that everyone's pretty much occupied with other stuff, there have been, like, you know, U.S. Navy, Air Force, Army announcers. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, these things are in the sky. Don't know what they are. Yeah. (laughs) But nobody cares anymore because they're too otherwise occupied. Well, I think it's also just, like, nobody ever cares about what they're allowed to know. Yeah. It was it, interesting because we thought they were covering it up. Well, it's like you're, you're telling us what we already sort of kind of knew, like... Yeah. And not, well, look at, like, the, the other big, like, the big conspiracy things with all the, the secret pedophile rings, right? No one cares about the ones that we can just fucking see. <laughs> They've got to make up fake ones. Oh, that's I just got a bug. I, I didn't kill him. He's Whoa. fine. So I, I, I you got a big lad in your hair. I won't piss off that uh, our Vincent Bugs. <laughs> he didn't actually have a name, did he? They call him Bug all the way through. I think the guy at the start had a name, but I can't remember what it was. Well, okay. The uh, guy who's skinny's wearing. That doesn't matter. Oh, Edgar. Edgar, yeah, Because it's yeah, an yeah. Edgar suit. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar suit, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they just call it the Bug. Yeah, okay. So if I call him Vincent, it's fine. Basically, no one in this film has a real name. There's <laughs> just a letter or an adjective. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The prince. The, the, the alien, the bug. Yeah. A, J, Z. Is that cool? It's kind of easier to remember. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm forgetting something, that's all. I think, and like, Will Smith did have a name this time. It was James something. The gets, gets deleted and he becomes J. Yeah, yeah, they did show that on screen, but we all forgot it as we're supposed to. But yeah, people make fun of um, a lot of modern sci-fi, especially video games. It feels like the script was waiting for one more edit and it never got it. So everything just has these real placeholder sounding names. It's always like, oh, we've got to stop the coalition activating the device and shit like that. <laughs> or, yeah, maybe that, this is where that started. But this somehow got away with it. 
I was going to be like, oh yeah, no, no, no question. Of course, this film holds up today, and it, and it does. But the franchise didn't hold up particularly well, I guess. Right. I have. It's not like I look back on two and three as absolute shiters. Again, I told you They're I just like three. Like, I remember two as being like, oh, it's kind of just one again. Yeah. Which I think is everyone's take, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, three. I think we talked about this before we were recording. I did like three. But, of course, by that point, it wasn't Tommy Lee Jones for most of the film. Right. And Josh Brolin's like great, but that Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones double act is Men in Black. Yes. It's like how I'm, I have not much interest in watching the Independence Day sequel because it doesn't have um, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum hanging out. And that was the main appeal of Independence Day to Also me. because it's terrible. People say that about the first one. I still love it, so... I love the first one. The second one's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I, I will eventually end up watching it. You I'm have sure. to eventually, but uh, you won't like it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because uh, you and I just mentioned the most recent ones, Men in Black International, which one, I kind of forgot existed. Yep. And uh, two, I don't, I literally don't think I know anyone that's seen it. Yeah. We, the critics seem to pan it, but I actually don't know anything about it or why it's supposedly not good so I kind of feel like I should give it a watch yeah but also I resent it for the film we didn't get because <laughs> we were meant to get that 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover that would have been him. that would have been so good there's, there's the comedy film that I genuinely think is really funny is the two the Jump one Street that, films the one that'll make you shit yourself yeah. oh uh, <laughs> you should yeah you should definitely watch the Jump Streets they're really I've funny I've seen the first one okay so. second one's even better okay I'm sitting here thinking I've seen the second one. I, I don't remember, but uh, I've definitely seen the first one. The second one ends with such a ridiculous ending that they couldn't have done a sequel without doing something like that. <laughs> <laughs> because it just ends with trailers for, like, the next 30 films in the series. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have not seen that. I'll put that on my uh, to-do list. Yeah, you will love that. <laughs> no, just that there. I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> one of my... One of my most watched DVDs it's a Something Weird DVD which was real cheap because it's it's just trailers for like 60 60s caught okay. films 60 60s caught films something like that and probably some from the 70s but yeah uh, my parents got me for one birthday like you know 20 years ago a big box set of DVD of just old sci-fi films oh yeah I know those things and I, we're they talking all look like shit but you but still watch them great. Santa Claus vs. the Martians was in there we There's almost did that for Christmas last there. year. Yeah, there was all kinds of dumb shit. It was amazing. Yeah, that, that was my, my Christmas suggestion, but I, I was convinced into jingling it all the way. Yeah, you know. probably which, this year then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what, which, which one is more iconic now? Is it Independence Day or Men in Black? It's not Wild Wild West. I do like that one more than a lot of people do, but it's definitely not that one. It's, it's Independence Day or this one? Hmm. That, I mean, one, one of those is iconically pretty much the ultimate 90s film. Right. Is it this or that? Uh, well, I think it's this because this has the Will Smith theme tune. Okay. That helps. Independence Day has kind of a timelessness about it. It doesn't it, feel as 90s as this does. I guess It's a not. 90s fashion. Yeah. But it's very practical effects. Yeah. And it's very big end-of-the-world America stuff. Mm. Whereas this is like... He's, like I, everyone in it is just like a scientist or an army guy or the president. Whereas here, Will Smith is like a New York cop from the 90s streets. Yeah. He's like, look at these stuffy white men. Whereas, well, Independence Day doesn't have any of that attitude to it. I, I guess I'm going, I'm going to Cecil B. DeMille here and thinking it's Independence Day just because of the epic scale. Right. Where, like we said, this one... No, act- but that's why it, it doesn't feel like it's a 90s thing. 
Ah. It's just a it's a big it's just a tentpole film. Yeah, I did just cite you a much older director to make my yeah. point. So, but yeah, you were saying what's the quintessential '90s film? Mm. Whereas this film is dripping with '90s. So, although maybe I would actually say it's the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I haven't seen that one actually, um, but uh, I was I was thinking then, Independence Day had a weird kind of psychic predilection for the whole 9-11 vibe, right? Does well, it, what, uh, no. what about this one? It was just War of the Worlds. So it, it was like, look, America, you're not invincible. True. Like, if you're going to say that um, Independence Day predicted 9-11, then also War of the Worlds predicted the World Wars. <laughs> which they kind <laughs> of did. did. What they, but it's not like a, some amazing psychic prediction. It is just, it's inevitable that if you go on like this, you're going to get retaliation. <laughs> anyway, the main thing I was going to get at is, does this film have any of that juice for you? I mean, uh, it is weird watching a film which feels very recent and has the Twin Towers in it. There are very long shots of the Twin Towers, which right? is pretty weird. Like, Because I, I feel like this film is more recent than it is. Yeah. And they're just there, there. And then it's got, like, spaceships crashing into shit and stuff, so... Right, right. The second one has the, um, the Statue of Liberty is a big neuralizer. <laughs> yeah, I really don't... I guess yeah, it works. Her thing is a big, yeah. I yeah, guess so. I guess it worked because I don't remember. No, that's even more. Yeah, I've have you ever been to those two the two UFO towers? I have not. I've been very close to well, them. Um, it was when I was working at that summer camp in Pennsylvania. I had to go in Queens and and pick up a bunch of kids, and we okay. went right past it. But I had a mission to do, and uh, I couldn't really hang out. That is. Yeah. So I, I drove past it, but did not do it. And uh, Queens has some interesting restaurants, by the way. But yeah, because this was not only the big film, the big Will Smith event, the song, then it had an animated series, and that kept going, and there was, com there was cartoons and figures and toys and everything, and then we got the big sequel, so this feels more, this felt more like an event for a longer time than Independence Day did. See, and okay, that's a di big difference, because in my world, it was just a jump from Men in Black 1 to Men in Black 2. Right. But yeah, because you weren't eight. Yeah, no, that's my point, but for me... So, it's like, like, those couple of years felt so long to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, man, oh, they're doing a man black film. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so, uh, it, I, I never, I've never seen an episode of the animated series. I didn't have yeah. any of the toys. I did buy a Bob and Doug McKenzie around that time, Strange Brew. Okay. Came with all their beer bottles and their table <laughs> and everything. It was great. I think I technically still own it. It's in my parents' house, but uh, unless they threw it out. But, because, yeah, like, Independence Day, big film of 96... Men in Black Bill from 97. World Wild West was meant to be the big film of 98. What is the big film of 98? Godzilla. Uh, mm, that was it? It was the one that was everywhere. The toys were everywhere. Yeah. I don't. I think it did okay. And I can't think what else it was. I, I don't was hate it that Batman movie. Was Batman and Robin? I mean, the, the worst thing about that movie is it's not, it's not a Godzilla. Japanese movie. Yeah. yeah. It's Zilla, right, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you just accept it as like, oh, this is a different monster in that universe. I just Great don't film. remember it being that successful. I remember, I well, again... I was eight, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. remember like the shelves were full of Godzilla toys. All the buses had Godzilla adverts. Every bus station had a Godzilla poster. Like it, they were definitely pushing it as the big film. Mm. I don't know how well it then did. Are you going to look highest grossing films of ninety eight? I am because now I'm. Wait, shit! Curious. When was Phantom Menace? Uh, ninety nine. Because if that was ninety eight, then yeah, there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> So let's, let's find this one out. 1998 box office. We get 
<laughs> Titanic. Oh, doy. <laughs> Except I think it Highest came out. Highest film of all time. I think that it, might have been 97. I think it came out, out. Yeah, as well said, I think it came out late 97, but still managed to but make But different the, kind of blockbuster there. Very different. Although, yeah. of much of an effects caper. Yeah, technically true, yeah. I've noticed, I don't still know. Still at the end. It seems like there's a big, like, Japanese, like, we're showing you a movie of the week thing now. There always has been. Okay. Oh, you, what, you mean on TV? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the Friday night movie. That's always been a thing. Uh, okay, just a few weeks ago, it's Titanic, and this past weekend was Stand By Me, and in the past, I didn't remember hearing so much about yeah, that. Stand so. By Me is weirdly popular in Japan. What's that? I don't know, but, like, it's referenced in the first Pokemon games. Um, one of our managers did a speech about reading that book when she was a kid. <laughs> so, uh, Titanic came out in late 97. Okay. And, and I, like, Titanic is an exception, so let's... What else is there? Armageddon. Armageddon. Armageddon is the 98 movie. That's yeah. where Will got, Will got bumped that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, and, and then, was it the fifth element the next year? I, I guess Bruce took uh, the Will Torch. Yeah. Yeah, for a couple of years later. Right, well, I thought the fifth element was earlier. Uh, it might have been the same year as this, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember which were. I just remember... I, know, I, I, I just remember coming out of the one movie and seeing the giant cardboard cut out for Armageddon and for think Fifth Element. the difference is Armageddon and stuff like that was the big film, but it, there was no marketing towards kids. Mm. So at the time, Men in Black and Godzilla definitely felt bigger to me. I remember Armageddon had these chocolate balls you'd get. And it was like you were, supposed to, you were eating the, the... The meat, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And but that, yeah, that was definitely... Oh, oh yes! It was a chocolate Armageddon meteor ball, and inside were nerds. Nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But that was definitely aimed at, like, teens and young adults. Okay, which Whereas I was. Whereas Will Smith, the Will Smith movies were a little more family. Come on, an eight-year-old wants a chocolate ball filled with nerds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't care much about watching Armageddon. Right. Really? Not at the time. Okay. I cared about watching Armageddon at the time, but I... Because it's just a big rock. What's a rock going to do? Boring. It's going to fucking destroy <laughs> the Earth. That's what it's going to do. Yeah, you can't, like, fight it. Or they, oh, they're going to drill it. Oh. You can nuke it. It's not a dinosaur, though, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the one thing I... I uh, we, we just did Europa Report, right? The, the one thing I forgot to mention, um, those astronauts drilled well. Mm. They were good drillers. So the Armageddon... Apparently you can just teach astronauts to drill. You don't have to yeah. take fucking... I mean, we already knew Armageddon was full of shit anyway, but now it's... Well, we mentioned the, the um, space craziness of Armageddon being absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's their drilling uh, conceit, I guess. We haven't done Armageddon yet, have we? Oh, we probably be, should at some get, point. Of course. Well, we need to do Armageddon and Deep Impact as a double bill. Yeah, because it came out at the same time. I know. I saw Deep... I saw Deep Impact at the uh, drive-in, mm. and I saw Armageddon at the multiplex, but the drive-in was raised and is now a multiplex, so I don't huh. know how I should feel about that. Is it haunted by the ghost of the drive-in? Yes. Cool. I hope. Just ghost Cadillacs driving through the audience? I hope it is, I hope. Because <laughs> that was a that was a cool drive-in. I, I guess drive-ins are coming back now that people don't want to be close to each other, so. Yeah. I know in America they've got a bunch of like, pop-up drive-ins, like, you throw a big screen in a parking lot, new drive-in. That's kind of cool. Yep. Probably, I mean, have to, probably have to tune to an app instead of like just tuning a radio. That's not unuseful. I know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said that with such disdain. That's fine. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to hear the speaker outside the car. But, well, you no, because it used to be you tune your radio. No, right? before that, before that, 
you, you it was just a big ass speaker. Yeah, outside the car, you'd have to listen. <laughs> that sucked it. Um, and then yes, it was very cool. And you use your car, and hell, some digital sound. You know, although the radio is like right there, so the sound quality was fine. No. You know, and you don't. Really yeah, but if it, uh, they could do it, so you could have whatever language you want if it was on an app. Well, in Japan, it matters. I would dig that. America. America's got like a lot of Spanish speakers. Yeah. You racist asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You get subtitles. Could you get an app that puts like subtitles on your drivers? Uh, you just use windshield? Google Translate and it would just do it as you go. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be perfectly accurate. <laughs> be better. Back to those uh, transliterated uh, Chinese. Yeah, no, I love titles. that shit. <laughs> Devil King of Children will always be the best. Armageddon has a good one too, but I can't remember what it was. Rock. I no, that's a different movie. Yeah. That one. Oh, that, same director. Tell me, tell me who's in that movie. Sean Connery. Yeah, because you were talking. You were just talking to yourself as Sean Connery for like five minutes down the hill today. <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know that I'm, you're a close friend of mine when I forget to not be weird around you. Because <laughs> the stuff I do when I'm alone, I have to remind myself not to do around people, and I guess I've stopped doing that when okay. I'm around you. <laughs> yeah, because I you weren't talking to me, so I was, <laughs> I was doing track Felt like rambles. doing it. Okay, yeah, I was like. That's cool. I dig that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Men in Black, I, I, if we miss something here, I guess we got Men in Black 2, 3, and maybe International. But, yep. uh, <laughs> but, uh, I feel like 2 is definitely worth a revisit. I, I should because revisit because it's that literally one, right? been 20 yeah. years. So, um, you said I was going to say in the podcast, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, say your, your, your prediction that, yeah, I, the, the one claim for me is I, was, I watched it in a movie theater just off Times Square and in the movie they flew past the movie theater and that was a magical movie that, if you want movie magic there it is they that's just cool. flew past the theater you're watching the film and that's cool especially for a big budget movie you know you know if you're watching like a museum film and it shows a museum you're like who the fuck cares I mean I guess I kind of had that when I watched Hot Fuzz except yeah. I didn't because I didn't watch Hot Fuzz in my hometown when it was filmed ah okay I watched it when I was visiting my grandma so I was closer to London well that's my Black Panther experience right yeah. and I, then um, I definitely because of watched. The museum, just I watched Doctor Who, an episode of Doctor Who in a hotel, and they ran past my hotel. Okay, that that works. That's pretty good. Okay, that that's the same thing then. Okay. Yeah. Tell them where we at. You can find us on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If it's somewhere where podcasts can be found, you can find us by searching Mountain Lake Sci-Fi Sanctuary. We make other podcasts. If you want to find links to them and also consider maybe throwing us a dollar a month and listening to episodes early. You can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. You even got it right. I still get that one confused sometimes because I'm an idiot. I, mean, I but... came up with it, so I ought to. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, I know you thought that I was training you to be a new partner, man. Am I your replacement? Is it going to be Luke and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary <laughs> next week? Yeah, you're going to talk to yourself, but one voice will be in a Sean Connery voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Luke, and I'm Luke. And welcome to the sci-fi sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs>
Coming soon. Quatermass and the Pit. Muppets from Space. Fermat's Room. Kong vs. Godzilla, 1962.